Light that spark, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1423 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. And if you've ever considered hosting your own podcast, I have a free podcasting course that guides you every step of the way from launch to monetization. Check it out at freepodcastcourse.com. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Mr. Kevin Kelly. Kevin, are you prepared to ignite? Yeah, I am. Kevin is Senior Maverick at Wired Magazine. He co-founded Wired in 93 and served as his executive editor for his first seven years. He's also founding editor and co-publisher of the popular Cool Tools website, which has been reviewing tools daily since 2003. He co-founded the ongoing Hackers Conference, which was involved with the launch of The Well, a pioneering online service started back in 1985. So Kevin, take a minute fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. Hey, I'm a college dropout and I spent most of my formative 20s in Asia as a photographer going between Turkey and Japan. So that definitely gave you a life experience that has served you well, my friends. And we really focus on EO Fire about the journey of our guests. And so, of course, that's you today. But before we kind of go back there, we like to start with today and specifically revenue because revenue is what makes the entrepreneur go round. So how do you generate revenue in your streams of businesses today? Well, I've had a blog website since 19, excuse me, 2003 that's made money from the very first year on. And we, um, it's Cool Tools, and uh, we recommend one cool tool every weekday, have for 13 years now. And um, the revenue comes from Amazon affiliate links. So it's a website that has lots of tool recommendations, and a number of them have Amazon sales links and we have been profitable every year because of those sales the second stream of income for me is not books but speaking about the books uh, the talks based around books as you know books don't really make very much money uh, but i make my living from the talks around the books and that's my major source of income So Fire Nation, what I love is that you're kind of seeing how Kevin has evolved as an entrepreneur. I mean, from way back when he founded Wired, you know, back in 93, served as executive editor for the first seven years. And then he moved into Cool Tools, which he's just providing, you know, valuable content on a daily basis. And and that's so key. That consistency has been amazing. You know, and again, we're going forward into the ongoing Hackers Conference, which was involved with the launch of Well, you know, back in 1985. So just a lot of amazing things. And Kevin, your journey has really been interesting for a lot of reasons. And we like to start these episodes off with not the good, but sometimes, you know, with the struggles. And what would you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date? Yeah, in the mid-2000s, um, I was together with a friend who had done a number of different things together, including the Hackers Conference and others. We had uh, devised this idea of, it was a very ambitious thing, of cataloging all the remaining species of life on Earth uh, and trying to do that in 25 years. And um, the idea is we would uh, start this with appeal to 
um, the investors and the wealthy of uh, Silicon Valley. Um, and it was sort of a good idea, but um, it was really bad timing and it, and it didn't work. Um, it, it failed to raise uh, enough money. Um, and I think it was partly because of the later on in the 2000s, there was just not enough um, money. And I think also we didn't appeal to the right factor, which was we should have suggested a new way of doing this with technology so they can invest in, but we didn't have any new ideas and we were asking them to invest into something that was not already working <laughs> for many years mm. and didn't have anything new. So I, that was, so we actually had to close it down and that was sort of a, uh, it was a bummer. So Kevin, looking back at that, I mean, you obviously have hindsight, which is 2020. What would you have done differently starting off from the starting point? You know, not the struggle point, but from the very beginning that might have changed the outcome of that. We would have focused on what we were doing differently and knew uh, the, the advantage. And we would have really focused on and trying to find and cultivate and maybe in, even innovate new technology, new tools that would allow this to proceed faster than it had in the past. And I don't think we gave enough attention to what the new advantages were or certainly in trying to sell it that way. And I would, from the very beginning, focus more on that. I love that you really bring up that point about the new advantages and Fire Nation. That's so critical. Like, what are you doing to be unique? What are you doing to be different in the industry? Like, what are the advantages that your product, your service, your community that's bringing to the world that's not already there? You know, one acronym that I love is UVD, that unique value distinguisher. Like, what are the things you're bringing to this world that are one, unique, two, are also bringing value, and then three, that are distinguishing yourself for some reason, like that new advantage. So great, great stories in Fire Nation. This is the kind of stuff that we can learn from. Now, Kevin, kind of fast-forwarding or rewinding, I mean, it's your choice on your story, but you've had a lot of aha moments in your journey as an entrepreneur. What's one of your greatest? Take us to that moment. Let's hear that story. Yeah, I think it was um, the moment when I got linked up with uh, Wire, starting Wired Magazine. I had been doing um, basically my own magazine on the same kind of stuff for many years, but it was um, very uh, low-tech, printed on black and white newsprint. It was completely subscriber-supported, which was very unique. Um, but it was had a very relatively small circulation of you know thirty or forty thousand people. Wired came along uh, as an opportunity, and the aha moment was when Louis Rosetto, the main co-founder, uh, pitched the tagline to this, and he said, you know. Because I was giving him some resistance about starting a new magazine. It was like starting a new restaurant. It was like 95% guaranteed failure rate. And um, But he said, no, no, no. I want to make a magazine that feels as if it has been mailed back from the future. <laughs> and it was like, aha, I get it. That is what I want to do. That is it. That's If we can do that that's all that we need. It's just that one little thing that we keep repeating to ourselves and we would, and I would, and we kept repeating all the time. We're going to make this feel like it was mailed back from the future. And that was the secret kind of formula that really made Wired successful. Mailed back from the future. I mean, Fire Nation, can't you just kind of get excited about that? Like thinking, wow, there's something in my mailbox right now that was mailed back from the future. Like having that feeling, that vibe, 
you know, of course that's that new advantage that we talked about, you know, in the last story. Now, Kevin, that definitely made Wired work, but can you share something else that you really think made Wired work where so many struggled and failed at the same time? Something that was a near myth. First of all, there were a lot of near-death experiences in Wired. There were many times when we were within an inch of complete, utter failure, death, and we were saved at the last minute. That happened too many times. But there was another thing that happened in the very beginning that could have been completely disastrous, and that is initially Wired was called Dig It. Dig It. Mm. It was like the worst name ever. (laughs) And so naming it Wired, which Jay Metcalf, uh, Wired's, uh, I mean, Lewis's wife, um, came up with was half of the success to Wired. It was the right name at the right time. It was exactly perfect. And once that title was there, there was like, okay, we're unstoppable because we have the right name. What I love too is the power of the brand, the power of the name can definitely go far. And you said that that was like that feeling of being unstoppable. But even with that, when you kind of open the door and reveal a little bit, there were just a number of times that Wired, you know, was close to being snuffed out of existence. And Fire Nation, that's just a reality of being an entrepreneur. I mean, it's, it's going to be a struggle. You need to wake up every single day and say, hey, like, how can I put myself out of business, like, hypothetically, so that I can protect myself in the future from actually that happening? I mean, this is a constant battle. This is a constant struggle. And, Kevin, like, if you had to say in the end, like, what was the thing that really made Wired continue to have the run that it had, you know, as, as long as it went? Well, it's still going. And um, the thing is, is actually through a very unfortunate series of events, the founders who owned us, we owned the majority of stock. We still lost control of it during a a failed IPO. Um, It's still going, but the the thing that, that the reason why it is still going, even the fact that the founders left was that it was an idea that was big enough to be interpreted by many other people. And um, so there was uh, a, a wide enough definition of it we we kind of defined it broad enough that even when we left other people could kind of give their own version of it and i think that was important so kevin kind of turning the focus and the spotlight to you now as an individual what would you say your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur is i hate to negotiate um (laughs) i'm a lousy negotiator um, and I've learned that over time because I have agents now. I have a literary agent, I have a speaker agent, and who are very, very happy to to ask for things that I just am not comfortable asking for, and 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 doing that whole the whole business and um, uh, the the process I just don't enjoy and I'm not very good at because of that because because I don't enjoy it. And so I've learned to basically hire that out in in some respects. Now, you do claim that's a weakness, and, and it is a weakness on a lot of levels, but a huge strength there that I want you to see, Fire Nation, is that Kevin hires this out. Like, he hires out where he's weak, because the fact of the matter is, like, nobody wants an okay negotiator. Like, he's not going to be a success if Kevin works really, really hard and becomes an okay negotiator. Like, why would you waste your bandwidth doing that? Like, Kevin knows where his greatness lies. He's going to amplify that greatness. He's going to focus on his talks. He's going to focus on other things that make him a success and, and generate revenue for him and his business, writing his books, et cetera. Like those are the things where Kevin thrives. And so that's where the focus is. Now, speaking of which, what would you say, Kevin, your biggest strength is? I think my biggest strength is in being able to um, detect um, 
new things that are on the way to becoming big things. I, it's sort of a kind of a pattern recognition sensibility, but I spend a lot of my time looking at the edges to see where the center is going because most of the new disruptions, most of the new things that are coming up are only evident in the beginning at the edge, at the margins. So I consciously kind of spend a lot of time looking there because from there I get a sense of what, where the mainstream will be down down the road. And I enjoy, and my forte is in uncovering what those upcoming things will be. So you've had your finger on the pulse for a number of different things that have since gone on to be wildly successful. What's something that you did see, that you did predict correctly, that you think would be a kind of a cool story to share with Fire Nation? Well, I very early on saw this distributed um, internet thing coming, and I wrote a book in 1994, my first book, which was about the internet even before the internet and the web, before they were really very real. And um, I was using examples from other sources like biology, um, robots, ant hives, and stuff like that to kind of explain how this stuff worked, how like social media worked, you know, decades before social media was around. Um, And so that was a sense of me using the tools and existing vocabulary and stories to kind of explain something that was coming. Can you share a time that you were just sure, like you were just like, I would literally bet my life savings that this is going to be amazing or this is going to be the next big thing and it ended up either being nothing or just flopped. Were there any of those stories? Oh, there's plenty of those stories. (laughs) Uh, Way too many of them. I thought that um, eBay was like ridiculous uh, selling Beanie Babies when it first came out. I was... um, I just didn't think it was going to be very, very big. And um, uh, but I had a, I had a more substantial failure in 1988-89. Actually, I was introduced to virtual reality. I organized the first virtual reality jamboree open to the public, where the public could come and try all the VR that was available in 1989 for 24 hours. And um, I really thought that it was going to happen in five years. Um, it didn't. It would, you know, it didn't happen at all. It didn't happen for 25 years. But now it's happening, and I think it's really going to stick this time. But I was wrong the first time around. Looks like you were just 20 years early. Yeah, exactly. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> so, Kevin, you have a lot of things going on right now that rightfully so you're excited about. But take a minute, kind of share with Fire Nation the, the thing that you're most fired up about today. I think that the biggest thing that will be in our lifetimes and maybe on the planet, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm trying to keep this modest, but (laughs) I I think artificial intelligence uh, in general is equivalent or maybe exceeding the the changes that the first industrial revolution brought about, which took many decades to play out. But basically, the automation, the motorization, the artificial energy – that that brought to the world. So instead of doing things with our own muscles and animal muscles, we could use these artificial power sources to do all the amazing things that now surround us. They're all the they're all the consequences of having that automated artificial power. I think we're going to do the same thing and more 
with artificial intelligence when it becomes a commodity, which comes flows over the cloud like electricity comes over the wires, and you just buy as much AI as you want, like you buy as much electricity as you want. And I think that commodity of AI and artificial intelligence means that the formula for the next 10,000 startups to me is very easy, which is take X, take something, and add AI. Take taxis, add AI. You've got Uber. Take, you know, take the more improbable that X is, the more powerful that that change of uh, bringing cognition to it is going to be. And I think there are so many things that are low-hanging fruit right now that people in the future will look back to the year 2016 and say, oh my gosh, I wish I had been alive then, <laughs> alive and working and with, with some energy because we could have done all these things that you know we did back in the early days of the internet. You know, Take a book company, put it online. Take a pet company, put it online. Now it's going to take X at AI. So what if we wanted to educate ourselves on this topic? What would you recommend for the listeners today? I think you should read this book called The Inevitable, which I wrote. <laughs> I was giving you a softball, Kevin. I was just like teeing it up for your brother. <laughs> exactly. Um, which goes through these and some of the other ones, like virtuality and other changes that are inevitable on our, on our way, this cognifying of everything. Everything that we've electrified, we're not going to cognify. Um, but if you want to go further, there's a couple other books on AI that are pretty good. One's called The Master Algorithm by... Um, Pedro Dominicas, and um, uh, I, I think uh, there's enough on AI right now, um, even on non-book form, but just on articles that you get a sense. And oh, by the way, you can buy AI from Google right now. You can go on Google, purchase Google's AI for six cents a hundred hits, six cents a hundred queries. And so you can. This is better than reading a book. Do it. Just go buy some AI and start to fool around with it, and you'll learn more than most of the authors, including me, uh, about it. So, so this is a this is a case of doing it rather than thinking about it. Wow. Well, Fire Nation, we got some cool things in the world of AI, and just some other things coming up after the lightning round. But first, we we'll take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. Choosing a hosting company for your website is one of the toughest decisions you'll have to make as an entrepreneur. Finding the right plan is important and customer support can be critical. That's why I want to tell you about Host Papa, a turnkey solution that offers affordable pricing and an award-winning support team. If you're a small business owner, digital entrepreneur, or freelancer, visit hostpapa.com slash fire to check out what our friends at Host Papa have to offer. And because they're fans of this podcast, they're offering our listeners 15% off new shared hosting accounts. Just enter code FIRE at checkout for a 15% discount. That's hostpapa.com slash FIRE and use the code FIRE to get 15% off powerful, reliable, and secure website hosting for small business owners just like you. The excitement and energy that comes from launching a new product or service for your audience is amazing, but the several steps required to get you to the launch can be overwhelming. First, you have to come up with the idea, then actually create it, and finally, present it to your audience and ask them to pay for it. Enter the importance of a payment processor. But a lot of payment partners don't make accepting payment from your customers that easy. Luckily, with Braintree, it's different. Braintree lets you accept all forms of payments, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Android, 
Android Pay, and more. Now you can take them all in over 130 currencies. And as your company grows, Braintree will stay by your side from your first dollar to your billionth. All it takes is a couple lines of code to get you started in a single integration. To learn more, visit BraintreePayments.com slash fire. That's BraintreePayments.com slash fire. Kevin, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Yes. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think you kind of referenced it a little earlier on, but it took me a long time to realize that I could hire people better than me. And um, I thought and I was a product of the whole earth catalog and the hippies and do it yourself. And I really kind of tried to do everything myself. And I'm just so limited and I have so few skills compared to what's available. And once I realized that I could hire for you know, not a lot of money, very, very good people. Um, that was really the beginning of um, my success in business. Fire Nation, when Kevin figured out what his greatness was and he just amplified that and hired out the rest, look where he is today. Now, what's the best advice you have ever received? In terms of business, I really thought what Jeff Bezos told me, which was um, avoid making kind of business decisions based around competition, what your competitors are doing. Focus instead on kind of serving the main core thing of, of your customers and don't be distracted or basically you're, you're letting your competitors set your agenda and that's really kind of incorrect and wrong and not profitable. You want to focus on adding value to your customers and forget about what your competitors are doing. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? A reading. I read a lot and not just books, but other things. And I think uh, that enables me to learn from other people's mistakes without having to make them myself. Can you share an internet resource like Evernotes with Fire Nation? Yeah. If you're interested in podcasts, you should be using Webcaster. Mm. It's really cool because what it does is it records locally on all ends of the conversation and then uploads those locally recorded files into your Dropbox and they have, and it'll combine them into a single file if you want. So everything is being recorded locally. Webcaster Fire Nation. Now, Kevin, if you could recommend just one book to join the inevitable, which Fire Nation, get that, what would it be and why? You know, I'm usually not a big self-promoter, but I have to mention this other book called Cool Tools. It's a book for the best of cool tools. And the subtitle is what should appeal to you. It's called A Catalog of Possibilities. There are several thousand different really cool stuff that will assist you in making something happen or making something and they range from, you know, a standard kind of hand tool to things like uh, what we used to call Elance or is now called Upwork, where you can hire out freelancers and how to do that. Or it's it's a tool like um, uh, uh, like how to hitchhike around the world to widen your experience or tools like um, a lifelong reading program. To, to better yourself. So it's very, very, very wide, but there are all recommended and in detail giving you many, many possibilities to do things that you had no idea that you could do. 
Fire Nation, the inevitable and the best of cool tools. Check them out. So, Kevin, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it is a doozy, brother. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Without a doubt, I would spend my time exploring, just going everywhere I could, inspecting, reconnaissance, seeing what was there, what possible possibilities there were, how things worked, what was connected to what. Uh, I would do nothing until I had spent those seven days exploring exploration fire nation it's it's an adventure just waiting so kevin let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye the best piece of guidance i would say is keep making new mistakes not the same ones but keep making new ones and if you want more about me I'm at my initials, kk.org, kk.org. There's a big website where all these other cool tools and extrapolations. I have a graphic novel about angels and robots um, and uh, more on the book if you want it. And I'm Kevin2, the number two, Kelly on Twitter. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with KK and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com and just type Kevin in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Best show notes in the biz, links galore. Of course, we're going to link up to his book, The Inevitable the best of cool tools, everything else he's been talking about, his website, just go directly to kk.org. It's all there for you. And Kevin, thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, thanks. So great to be here. Wow, Fire Nation. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Kevin Kelly today. I mean, how cool is that? And question for you, are you meditating daily? It's proven to have incredible benefits for those who do. I mean, I know that I struggle. That's why I created 7 Meditation. Check us out at 7meditation.com. Looking for an easier way to accept payments from your customers? Braintree lets you accept all forms of payments in over 130 currencies. To learn more, visit braintreepayments.com slash fire. Looking for a powerful web hosting solution and cloud-based productivity tools for your business? Visit hostpapa.com slash fire today and use our exclusive promo code FIRE to save 15% off their shared web hosting packages. That's hostpapa.com slash fire.